0: Round five, live NFL draft, San Francisco 49ers on the clock. NFL draft live, round five, right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks everybody for jumping in on this live episode or listening from wherever you are about the round five selections for the San Francisco 49ers who are going to be on the clock very soon at number 155. We'll see where they go. There's going to be some shocks. The 49ers shocked us once with the kicker pick in the third and um, kind of surprised us again with the Latou pick late in round three. What, um, what would be surprising
1: to you here? If they took just, like, just what to position? That,
0: just as, I don't know position-wise if anything would shock me. Uh, Maybe just something that, um, you know, like a quarterback would probably be pretty shocking here because we saw all the quarterbacks we were looking at in this range. DTR off the board in round five at pick 140. Uh Jake Hayner went to the Saints in round four. Uh, Clayton Toon off the board as well. So uh, a lot of quarterbacks – have been gone, but I think the 49ers will look at quarterbacks late. It could be here, could be seventh round, could be undrafted free agent. There was a report uh, during the fifth round here just a minute ago from Ian Rappaport, still talking about that the Trey Lance could be traded. So we'll see if any of that happens right now. That would be future picks, obviously, at this point, if Trey Lance was to be traded. And the pick is in. Nope, still don't see what the pick is. Niners taking their time. Maybe they're maybe they're <laughs> taking phone calls with the right. 155th pick in this draft. They do have five minutes, I believe, to make their their pick. Most of these have gone much faster than five minutes here on day three, though.
1: Yeah, uh, well, they already drafted safety. I was going to say Antonio Johnson, safety out of Texas A and M.
0: Yeah, but, uh, guy.
1: definitely some receivers. And, and here's the thing with receivers, man. You can still wait, but I don't know how much longer I'm waiting to get A.T. Perry.
0: Oh, I have no problem. Dontavian Wicks or Perry here. And the pick is in Croc. The 49ers are going cornerback, and it is Daryl Luter Jr. Uh, from South Alabama going small school corner. Okay. I've seen his name a, a couple of times throughout the draft process. I did not put any tape on of the South Alabama prospect, but six feet, 189 pound cornerback. Um, according to the scouting report here, more of a press zone corner with length to get his hands on receivers. This from uh, ESPN scouting report. Length to get his hands on receivers and make it tough for them to get into routes, mirrors the release and flashes the ability to smother underneath routes. Plus fast enough to turn and run with receivers. Uh, Luter. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Luter L U T E R has big hands and will routinely pluck the ball out of the air. So the 49ers go in small school cornerback back out of South Alabama. Tri.
1: Well, you know, luckily for you guys right now, you get a kind of a live reaction, I'll throw in some South Alabama defense against Central Michigan, and I'll watch that and maybe get somewhat of an opinion on on what I, what he thinks he, what I think he is. But I mean, this is a guy. I, mean, I I have no idea who he is. I will say I did in college. I played against South Alabama, so that was pretty cool. A lot, a lot of fans in the stands there.
0: What's uh what what conference is that?
1: So back then they were transitioning into uh, one double A, and I think now they might just be. FBS, I believe.
0: This scouting report from Dane Brugler of the Beast. He says overall won't be an ideal fit for every scheme, but he is athletic, long, and unfond of receivers who think the catch point belongs to them. He projects as a man coverage NFL cornerback with the skill set to work inside or outside. Well, those
1: are the type of guys that I typically like. And someone asked me about the type of corners I, you know, typically am attracted to. Uh, I would say guys that are in the 5'11 to 6 foot and a half range, way around, you know, 190 to 195. I just think those guys typically just have better, like, natural movement skills. Mm. So I'm more drawn to that type of guy. I feel like they're a little bit more versatile, a la uh, Emmanuel Mosley. You know, I think one thing about Emmanuel Mosley, which makes him as versatile as he is, like, he's a very fluid mover, and he was a guy that the Fortnite has identified that could play – Inside and out from, from the jump, right? And I think that helped him make the squad over Terrayers McFadden. So uh with Luther, we'll 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 see what he could do. I just both games that I've turned on so far, I don't see a number 18 out there. So I'll have to yeah,
0: he might have he might have to do that.
1: a deep dive a little bit later for y'all. But I know <laughs> my phone, my chat, my uh Twitter's probably blowing up. I'm like, all right, Croc, you're the cornerback guy. And it's like, bro, I have no idea who this kid is. Yeah,
0: you know, you, you, you didn't watch you didn't get to the, the South Alabama portion of the, the cornerback tape. <laughs> A lot of now, guys to watch, man. Every time we did a podcast, we'd be like, "Hey, Croc, here's a dozen more guys we could watch. Which 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 ones are we gonna watch today?" And if you want to do it right, you got to watch a lot, and you're, you're not just looking at highlights. So, right. I'm looking at. Curious you know, though, over some of the other guys
1: like Travers, Tomlinson, uh, uh, Hodges, Tomlinson. Now again, the, the, you know, between him and uh, Trice, right? You got two guys on both, like one guy on this end of the spectrum, the other guy on the other end, right? Where Trice, I believe you said. Potentially a safety, or did you like him at corner?
0: He I I I thought he had two like a I thought he looked like a player who had a, a chance to if he missed at corner could play safety and he played safety early in his career and then converted to corner. Does that mean he just wasn't really a good fit and didn't have a natural feel at safety? Is that why Purdue moved him back to corner or they just liked him at corner because of his athleticism right. and length and had other guys that they wanted to play safety. But I thought he could stick at corner, but potentially be a really rangy safety as well. Not afraid to hit guys. Um, but less of a tweener where I didn't think he could fit in either. He was more because uh, sometimes you're versatile. Sometimes you're a tweener. You know, if you're a tweener, you don't really fit in either spot to me. Trice looked like he was versatile where he could play potentially both.
1: All right, so you look, again, you got Trice, and then you have Tomlinson. Those guys are on, you know, it's kind of one end of the spectrum, then the other guy on the other, where maybe they kind of just went with a guy that was like in between, where it's like, hey, he's not small. He's not this big guy, but fluid guy, good movement skills. You you talked about the three cone. That's terrific. Um, Talked about the big hands, right? He likes to be physical, and he's terrific at the catch point. And I think those are all things that, uh naturally, if you just saw him working out shorts and T-shirt, which is typically how they do these workouts, it's a guy that probably moved very well. So did they bring him in for a 30?
0: Uh, I did not see that, but I do see the pronunciation on his name. It's not Daryl. It's Darrell. So Darrell Luter is is gotcha. the, the, the proper pronunciation there. Um Let me go check the list. I don't know if he was a 30 visit or not. Got his hands on a lot of footballs last year. In 2021, he started 10 games. He did not start. He was a community... It looks like uh, Mississippi Pearl River Community College guy for a couple okay. of years. Uh, so fifth year senior, 23 years old, uh, then transferred to in 2020, the COVID season to South Alabama. Didn't play a lot and then started all 10 games and all 13 games the last two years. Got his hands on four interceptions in 2021 and had one interception last year. So five interceptions the last two years unfond of receivers who think the catch point belongs to them. I just love the way he puts that. And, I mean, that's, that's what you want in a cornerback. So he's got, you know, good size, good length, long arms, 32 and five eighths, almost 33-inch arm length, 40 and a half inch vertical, so you can run, um, uh, lateral agility, and the mentality that the ball does not belong to the receiver at the catch point. So I love what I'm hearing here, even though I haven't watched any tape at all of South Alabama this year. Uh,
1: it looks like he's having a child on the way. Congratulations.
0: <laughs> yeah, big, man. Big day, big week, big month, big year. We think about this. Nick says, Niners are now drafting guys who intercept the ball, secondary filling up with playmakers. What do you think? Do you think that's something that, that you can target and should be targeted in the draft? They're trying, to get, they're trying to find guys who can create turnovers.
1: I think if you have a chance to do that, you do it. I, I don't think it's a, it's not a coincidence that guys that make plays, they just make plays. And I feel like they do that at every level. You know, so you, you go and if you, you know, just build your secondary around guys that just take the ball away. I'm all for that. That 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 ability to take the ball away is not it's not going away.
0: What do you think about this? Mike says unfond of receivers that think the catch point belongs to him. Translation, defensive pass interference nightmare.
1: <laughs> I don't. Um, oh, did my guy get drafted? Did Winston get drafted? I'm looking and they're showing highlights of. Them.
0: Oh, Green Bay Packers at pick 159, Dontavian Wicks, wide receiver out of Virginia. That would have been a nice one for the 49ers. Yeah, I think that
1: might be a steal because right now they have them listed 6'1", 206, 462, 40. and I think that four that four six is fake. That four. Oh yeah.
0: When we when we both put on the film uh, after talking about some of the 49ers' thirty visits and and watched him because he's not someone who's had a lot of hype in the draft process. He looked nice. He had. Uh, he had quicks getting in and out of his break, had nice size, and he's bigger than Ayuk even, um, but, but had some juice to him and it, it was good going to get the ball down the field. So, you know, it might be a sleeper pick there for the Packers, Dontavian Wicks out of Virginia.
1: Yeah, yeah. But um, as far as the 49ers and the way they're building their secondary, I, I like it from the standpoint of just guys that take the ball away and, and the guys I've played play with that had a knack for doing that, they just do it, right? Like think of Antonio Camardi. And, I, you know, I wasn't with the Jets for, like, a long time. But Comardi, you know, what he did throughout his career, take the ball away. He had 10 interceptions in one year. Well, when he played at Florida State, although he didn't play a whole lot, I don't even think he started a bunch of games. He had the injury. I think he tore his ACL. But every clip that they posted when he got drafted was him taking the ball away, interceptions to the crib, pick six, jumping routes. And that ability translated to the NFL, just the ability to just take the ball away. In the 49ers with Tyler Nohufunga. He was another guy that just had a knack for being around the ball. Get to the NFL. What is he doing? He's around the ball. He's making plays. Even if it's not necessarily just him, right? I mean, Packers, uh, divisional round game. What did the 49ers do? Block a punt. Who was there to pick it up? Tyler Nohufunga. I don't think that's an accident. And even with uh, Brown, I've been watching him all morning. And if he takes the ball away, it's going to be because of how he hustles to the ball, no matter where it's at. So, if somebody pokes up, you know, knocks a ball on this in the air, he's going to be around the ball to get the pick. I, I watch how he runs to the ball. I watch how he hustles all the way around the field. I watch how he's doing those type of things. I see him, you know, somebody hit a guy, he comes in, he flies in, ugh, he's ripping out the ball or trying to rip it out, right? Even if it doesn't come out. But having guys that just have this, uh, tenacity about them to get to the ball or put themselves in position to uh, reap the benefits of something that comes out, whether it's a fumble block punt, a tip ball, whatever it is, it feels like they've gotten those type of guys.
0: Okay. More on the 49ers fifth round pick and uh, more about who could be the next fifth round pick since the 49ers have another coming up and they have a sixth round pick and they still got three seventh round selections as well on this episode of locked on. 49ers. I do want to thank everybody out there for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And uh, I do want to remind everybody to hit subscribe if you're with us on the live stream. Make sure you tell a friend about Locked On 49ers. Hit the notification, the thumbs up, and make sure uh, you hit all those things. And then those always help us out. And today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Ultimate football GM. If uh, you like Croc and I like to play GM sometimes, then this game is for you. This mobile app, the ability to control every aspect of your franchise to try to create that dynasty, hiring the right coaches and coordinators. You're deciding what scheme you want to run, then finding the players that run that scheme on offense and defense, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries and terms, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft injuries, player personnel issues, All the ups and downs of a season, all in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM, completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want to and when you want to. And Locked On 49ers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise in-game when using promo code LOCKEDON. So check it out today. Download the game. Just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com, Ultimate Football GM. Start your dynasty today. Couple notes here on Luter. We got uh, Chris Chipasso, CBS says, one of my favorite cornerbacks in the entire class. Calculated, advanced in press, sticky coverage ability, routinely finds the football plus athlete. Like that. Uh, from Lance Zerline here, relayed in the chat says, Luther, best in press and shadow, not ideal for cover three or off man. Interesting. Mm.
1: So. Everybody's talking about this versatility that he has, being able to play inside and outside, but is it only as a press man guy? Because if you can't play off coverage, how? I mean, nickel, a lot of playing in the nickel is off. And the 49ers have sat in a lot of off. Now, Ambry Thomas, they drafted Ambry Thomas. I thought he was a very physical, aggressive press man guy. And even in zone, he did a really good job of reading his keys from a press alignment. And. He gets to the 49ers, they play a lot of off coverage. And what happened? Oh, he's he's not catching on as fast. Oh, Kyle Shanahan. Well, I didn't think we would even get to the point where we could put him on the field. right? Well, of course, because you're doing the opposite of what made him good at Michigan. And now you see again, kind of last year, 49ers played a lot of quarters. Who didn't play much? Ambry Thomas. Who did play? Diamond Lenore. What did Diamandor Lenore do at Oregon? Played a lot of off. So now we'll see if Wilkes kind of... Changes some of his defense and how these guys play. But if we're talking about Luther not being good in off coverage, which again, I can't find this dang film, but if he's not that good in off coverage, how does that fit with what the 49ers do? Or does Wilkes have something else in mind? And he's like, well, we want to transition either into more press or almost like what I learned from the New York Jets, as you can play press from any coverage, you just change your alignment. So if it's cover three, you can uh, play from outside shade, squeeze it or bail out. Cover four, Outside shade, cover one inside shade, cover two outside shade, hands on and play through and read through. So uh, if they allow him to do what the Jets did, what they said, Hey, you can play press from any alignment. That's what they did with uh, Antonio Camardi, with Derrick Rivas. Then maybe that that would help Luther some.
0: Here we go. We got a tip on some film Croc. I don't know if you have this game handy, but Jose says, check out the South Alabama game at the Rose Bowl versus UCLA this past season. It was a tight game and South Alabama, nearly won.
1: All right, let me see if I, I have that. Now again, I can, Find a lot of this stuff on YouTube, but I have my little database.
0: Croc's got the secret, all 22.
1: We got action, y'all. All right, I'll be watching them.
0: Okay, wait, Croc putting on the UCLA UCLA's South Alabama tape.
1: There is UCLA. Shout out to whoever put that in the chat. Okay, there he goes at the bottom. Okay. What's he do? What uh, Play one? How do you think he's lined up? <laughs> What's his alignment? Press man. Press man.
0: Hey, hold on, Croc. Uh, th- This is something that I've seen. Since yesterday, is Jair Brown, nicknamed Tig, he wants to be going by Tig Brown. So there we go. <laughs> we don't have to worry about where the apostrophe goes in Jair if we're just calling him Tig Brown now.
1: All right. And I think that's his uh, Instagram name. I think I saw the 49ers uh, tag him in that. Wow, that was clutch coming through with the UCLA tip. Second play. How's he lined up? Press man. <laughs> Hands on Bobo. Oh, but uh, oh, no. Bubble lost him at the top there. You got to be able to anticipate. As soon as the receiver gets an inside release, you got you got to lean on him. So he does a good job on the inside release with Bubble. I wish I could show y'all this, but he does a good job. We can't show video, right? Is that what the, our rule is?
0: Uh yeah. And so if, if anybody's wondering if, if we can do some film breakdowns as a network, we are not allowed copyright reasons to uh to to break down video on this specific channel, but we can talk about what we're seeing here for sure.
1: Okay, so I'm talking about what I'm seeing, guys. And I'm watching Luther. He gets hands on Bobo, big receiver out of UCLA. He should be drafted at some point, day three. But gets his hands on him, that's good. But when a guy gives you that inside release, you have to anticipate an in-breaking route, whether it's a slant, dig, post, you got to anticipate that. So you want to lean on him. Now, depending on the type of receiver, if you're saying it's Justin Jefferson, you got to be a little bit more honest because he can give you an inside release push-up, give you some at the top and still go out. But Bobo, mm, you give me inside release, you're doing something in breaking. And watching how Luther kind of covered this, it, there's no way you get hands on the guy at line of scrimmage, and he still creates five yards of separation on the slant. And that's you playing with no anticipation. So that's one of the first things I saw. That was second rep of the game.
0: Here we go. We got some info from Jeff Deanie. Pro Football Focus, says Luther allowed a catch rate of, just 26.7% in 2021, pass a rating of just 3.9. That was uh, the year before when he had four interceptions.
1: Uh, they said he can't play off coverage. Look pretty comfortable there and off. And it looks like he's talking trash to the receiver. It
0: sounds like that's one of the aspects, and, and maybe that the 49ers liked about him, is uh, he might be chirpy, might be a really competitive guy. And, and I could absolutely see that being part of the scouting report that that really interested the San Francisco 49ers from a toughness, competitiveness standpoint. And um one thing that the 49ers hadn't done in the third round croc is they drafted almost zero traits. you know what I mean? Like right, um, like big
1: time traits. Like oh four, three speed. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. It was, you know, Cameron Latou, very pedestrian sort of tight end, height, weight, speed numbers. And and when you see it on tape, you know, not a ton of juice. Jair Brown, you know, speed and athleticism, you know, not superior size or anything. Nothing stood out there from a physical perspective. Everything was instincts and character and competitiveness and you know getting his hands on the football oh big hands there we go that's the biggest trait from jair brown he had like 10 and a half inch hands or something crazy like really big hands that's probably part of him being able to catch the football and then obviously kicker which is like you know i joked on twitter that his most standout physical trait was his mustache
1: oh uh, he has a mustache
0: yeah he got a mustache
1: but like no other facial hair just a mustache
0: just the mustache i i you better be a good kicker if you're gonna rock the mustache and have like sort of the ironic look going on you know if if you're going to be like, yeah, I'm a silly kicker and I got a mustache, you better be a kicker because then people are going to go in on you if you're
1: not. I mean, it was like, kind of like Gardner mystery right? Like, Ministry was kind of what mustache man.
0: Yeah, and look, let's be honest. I don't think we – it's the year 2023. I don't think we should be making a big deal about mustaches. Right. As if it's some, like, rare thing that you've never seen before and that someone that has a mustache is, like, super clever or zany because of it. Normalized mustaches, guys.
1: So far, what I've seen from Luther is – I, I think I ideally would like to see him be a, a play with a little bit more anticipation with the routes. Uh, there are guys that have, like, you know, you play the cornerback position for a long time, you start to have a, just a feel for routes uh, based off kind of the, just the body language from a guy. And I'm not quite feeling that from Luther, uh, from press man too, right? And that's what everybody so far, Oh, really good at the line of scrimmage, press man guy, can't play off. And I watched him play off. He was squared up, did a terrific job, patient feet, uh, didn't really go for a lot of what the receiver was trying to give him and squeezed the route. He looked really good. From press so far, I've seen Bobo, and again, I'm just watching kind of just this battle. It, there, there were just a couple of times where, you know, at the top of a sh- a short to I- intermediate route, he, he got lost from Bobo. And typically – if somebody asks me, Croc, what's your favorite type of receivers to guard? Oh, give me the give me the six four, six, five guy. Why? Because I can see their movements coming from a, a mile away. And right now, I think with him and watching this, I, I haven't seen that type of anticipation that I ideally would like to see. But again, this is very early. You guys just kind of hear me play out my process that I usually do when nobody's paying attention to me <laughs> right yeah, yeah. So
0: we're still in the short sample zone of uh of film watching here but i like the the play-by-play of breaking down what you're seeing initially watching the looter tape um uh thinking of so i was talking about traits there um th- this sounds like a little bit of a a different pick compared to those third rounders so the third rounders is more about feel obviously need with the kicker um and and luther might be a, a player that they're looking at the traits looking at the speed he has length in a in a competitive guy that they can mold into the player they want to. So this might be more traits-based versus where he's at from, a, from an instincts and, and feel perspective.
1: Right, because a lot of these things, too, you can, you can teach.
0: 49ers are coming up on the clock next. We've got pick number 173, the San Francisco 49ers' second pick in round five. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel. And in MLB season is here, Major League Baseball all summer long. And FanDuel's got you covered, America's number one sports book. And now is the best time to subscribe and get involved at FanDuel because new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On to sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets If your first bet doesn't win. So don't miss the chance right now for your no sweat. First bet draft props, uh, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. And of course, major league baseball up to $1,000 back in bonus bets with the no sweat. First bet at FanDuel. So join today, go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up FanDuel official partner of major league baseball. Here we go, Croc. San Francisco 49ers are on the clock in round five for the second time. Pick number 173. We've talked about a lot of the names. A lot of them still in play. Uh, one of the big names we had talked about, Henry To'o. To'o has been off the board. He went to D'Amico Ryans in uh, in Houston, linebacker there. So we'll see what's in play for the San Francisco 49ers here. And, uh, you know, late round five, pick 173 overall. We probably shouldn't be surprised in just about any general direction that the 49ers go
1: yeah i'm looking at the 49ers pick right now and you got Jair brown jake moody uh cam the two and daryl luther and i saw somebody on twitter like what the 49ers doing you know th- this is terrible I, he's not like a 49er fan i think it's just you know draft website guy or whatever and it's like well what do you want them to do like these are all comp picks <laughs> dang near you know so it's like you're, you're not gonna hear me make a big fuss out yeah. of guys that you know it's not like they have first-round pick, second-round pick, and they drafted a kicker. I, I would get the outrage at that.
0: In the second round, where the 49ers select Christian McCaffrey. Round three, 49ers select Christian McCaffrey, right? So they've got some players to show for this draft class in Trey Lance and Christian McCaffrey. But when it's in real time and you see the the Seattle Seahawks make... You know seven picks and and get a lot better and you're like okay got a kicker and hopefully we've got a starting safety in the future there but um you know i can see how it it could be a very underwhelming class with where the 49ers are selecting yeah that's that's to be expected
1: jay shaw in the chat and he says compix does not mean that it should be not wasted it's just not sexy it's not splashy because it's i mean it's so late the guys that are the sexy splashy guys I mean, for the majority of they're gone. And the guys that are sexy but still there, they got some issues going on, right? And, like, Darryl, like Washington, we started talking about, like, the knee, the off-the-field thing. Uh, the cornerback out of, of Georgia, Kelly Ringo, is like, well, what's wrong with him? Oh, man, can't play off, not as twitched up, you know? So Fortnite ers would love that, right? Or you get Ringo because the name is sexy, but how does he fit with what they're doing? So the picks aren't wasted, they're just – it's just not sexy or splashy with what they're doing.
0: Here we go, croc. The pick is in with pick number 173 in the fifth round of the 2023 NFL draft. The San Francisco 49ers select Robert Beale Jr., edge rusher from Georgia, six foot four, two hundred and forty seven pounder, and not letting uh not letting the Philadelphia Eagles draft all of the Georgia defenders, croc. Robert Beale going to the San Francisco 49ers, according to the Scouting report at ESPN, which is the tracker I'm looking at right now. Beal has the versatility to play off-ball linebacker and line up on the edge. Has the strength and long arms to stack blocks, but he needs to improve his array of moves. Beal has the power, length, and speed to develop into an effective pass rusher. And Did you, did you see his 40? I did not see his 40, but I'm guessing it should be fast if he's an undersized outside linebacker slash edge rusher that's going 6'4 and under 250 pounds. And he went to Georgia.
1: Take a guess.
0: Four five zero.
1: 4 8 close.
0: Boom. That's speed. that speed.
1: And I was just watching him. It looked like he was taking on blocks, tackling guys in the backfield. I mean, two and a, I'm looking at his stats right here. 25 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, two and a half sacks. So, uh, I mean, that was a, definitely a defensive line that could really get after it. You know, was he more of a rotation piece? And, I mean, they're, they're really loaded. And think about how many front front five, front seven guys for them have been drafted over the last couple years. So, I mean, if he would have went to South Alabama, what would his numbers have looked like? I say South Alabama because of Luther, but you know, it's like, is he a 15 sack a year guy? But it's like, well, I'm playing the SEC. And I'm and all these guys that are with me are getting drafted first, second round.
0: Well, it's interesting because uh the, the first round first rounder, Nolan Smith, who with four threes in his 40, he was kind of similar, undersized edge guy and was a versatile player, did a little bit of both. He only had like three sacks too. So not a ton of production sack wise for That position in in Georgia's defense.
1: I like the pedigree, though. You know, just drafting guys, and we've seen Philadelphia Eagles. How many Georgia players have they drafted this year and and last year too? And I think a lot of people are kind of making fun of them a little bit that they're the new they're they're the Georgia Eagles now or whatever they're called, the Eagle Bulldog or Philly Bulldogs. But they're going after pedigree. They're going after guys. Hey, man, like you you played at a championship level the last two years. Uh, You understand what it takes. You understand how to prepare. Like you guys have been molded for this. You guys played at the top, the highest level, week in and week out. And I think getting those type of guys just from a uh the preparation standpoint, I really like that. I mean, think about some of the things with guys that are on 49ers roster right now, what guys have to learn along the way, or certain guys like Drake Jackson. And you know, you hear some of the things with Drake Jackson kind of rode the little roller coaster at USC where it was up and down and up and down and that all kind of turnover and change and it's like okay I will just go with it as opposed to Hufunga who his his preparation and how he approached it never changed and I think we see that from the day he stepped on the field as uh, as a 49er as opposed to Drake Jackson so you get a guy like this and we'll see how Bill translates to the NFL from a to be more consistent and learn how to use some of his weapons but you talked about Niners not, not really drafting uh, traits right now I think this was a very traitsy pick in this one
0: definitely a traitsy pick you know former big time recruit fifth year senior though so it took him a lot it took a took a while for it to come together versus some of the other big time recruits at georgia and he's uh nearly 24 years old last two seasons though is when he's had his production he only started eight games last year out of 15 for georgia the year before he started two out of 15 games so a rotational stand-up type of a rusher um he had six and I saw a half- his
1: hand in the dirt though like when they're showing highlights of him hand was in the dirt
0: so, it, like, the Georgia scheme is sort of like that odd front 3-4. I wonder if – okay, so judging by the last two picks here in the fifth round, Wilkes getting some defensive players. Is is he drafting guys on defense to fit his scheme that might have some, some changes to it? Combine for Robert Beal Jr., 6'3 and 3 quarters, 247 pounds, long 34 and almost 35-inch. Wow. Arm length, which is really long, big 10 inch hands too. So when they talk about in the Skyrim report, look in the part. Yeah, he's a long armed, um, you know, edge sort of a player, nearly six, four, just under 250 pounds, four, four, four in the 40 yard dash, one, five, six, 10 yard split, uh, 30 inch vertical, 10, three broad jump. And then it is pro day, you know, not great agilities. So, uh, you know, straight line ish explosive, sort of a, a, pr- um, a prototype here for his athletic measurements. 442 short shuttle and 7.26 three come.
1: I think your guy might have got drafted. He did. Davis Allen, he's gone. There he goes. Los Angeles Rams.
0: Oh, the Rams going. The Rams going Y tight end. The 49ers going F tight end. And
1: Can't you were you-, you were spot on. You said fifth round.
0: Rams going back-to-back, actually, right after the 49ers with Warren McClendon out of Georgia. So back-to-back Georgia teammates going with Beal, the edge player at 39 uh, in the fifth round, 173 overall. Then 174 was Warren McClendon out of Georgia, the offensive tackle who I saw mocked to the 49ers in this range. And then Davis Allen, Clemson tied end, Back-to-back Rams picks at 175.
1: Do the 49ers have six-round picks?
0: They have, a, they have one-sixth and three-sevenths. One more note from the Beast from... Draft analyst Dane Brugler of the Athletic in the summary of Robert Beal as a prospect. Beal is raw with his pass rush setup and execution versus the run, but has the size, speed profile, and splash plays that suggest he could be a better pro than a college player. He's worth mm. a gamble somewhere in the middle of day three of the draft. So there you go, nailed that one, Brugler, with where he ended up going. And uh, this is a you know this is a swing at a at a traitsy guy. So traits day three. Uh, day two, feel players, the the character players in, in round three, then in round five, some more traits here.
1: Which way would you lean? Traits or gold helmet?
0: Gold helmet. Yeah, gold, gold helmet all day. Uh, gold helmet with traits is, is even better, right? I, with edge rushers, it's tough because, and after five years at Georgia, if you're two fifty and run four four four, and you're not good, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying he's not good. I don't know. i I'm If you're
1: not a if you're not a first round pick like all the other guys,
0: you should be. You know, I, I get it's the SEC, but if you're you know four star, five star recruit and, and you're built like that, uh, after five years in college, you should be able to accumulate. I think uh, a bigger a bigger level of production. And so does that raw ever go away would be my question. Why still raw after all this time for Robert Beal? But I mean, you look at just what the, uh, what the numbers look like here with, with how he's built and, and some of that arm length, you know, you know, a coach is going to look at that and say, you know, give me those raw tools and, and we'll try to coach him up. And and has been amazing at doing that kind of thing. So here, maybe this is your, your home run play and, and your next fifth round superstar for the San Francisco 49ers. He had six and a half sacks last year, three sacks this year. Okay. In rotational work.
1: Do the 49ers address interior offensive alignment? Luke uh Luke Luke Weppler is still on the on the board. I mean, this is a guy that people are projecting potentially second round. Like he's high on big boards.
0: Yeah, I absolutely. I think offensive line's absolutely in play in round six and seven. They could even throw a quarterback in there. Um, they could they could draft a receiver in there somewhere. Uh there's a lot of positions, I think, still in play for the 49ers on the rest of day three with four more picks. Um, real quick, just to wrap up a couple things here from round five of the San Francisco 49ers NFL draft. Fish and Chips says, TIG has ball hawk skills like Gibson. And Fish and Chips, I don't know if you were in the live stream yesterday, but I just want to bring this up because I talked about how similar Gibson and TIG Brown are as, uh, you know, as athletes and, and their strengths and weaknesses. Because when we were sitting there talking about what Brown is as a player, sounded a lot like, tishon gibson so i went to the combine to find out what tishon gibson was coming out and and this is what i found and they're remarkably similar tishon gibson pro day 2012 five eleven and 3 206 pounds 461 40 yard dash 35 and a half inch vertical 10 2 broad jump 428 shuttle tig jair tig brown pro day 2023 5'11 and 3'8, exactly the same height, 203 pounds, three pounds lighter than Tashawn Gibson, 458. And, and he had a 4'65 at his uh, at the combine. So, you know, you take the middle point of those 240s that Jair Brown ran at his pro day in the combine, exactly the same speed as Tashawn Gibson, both identical 35 and inch verticals, 10'4 broad jump versus 10'2 broad jump. Brown, a little quicker in the shuttle by seven hundredths of a second, 4'21 versus 4'28. So, I mean, the athletic profile there and how they are, you know, getting their hands on footballs, being in the right place. I mean, they, they're they just – they're turning back the clock with rookie Tishon Gibson in a lot of ways.
1: And when you said that, I'm like, wow. Because he kind of looks like – like just the way he's kind of built, the way he looks when watching him on film, it looks a lot like Gibson. And I was wondering if Gibson was going to be faster, like early in his career. Because we were talking about Gibson now. right? Like, man, he looks like Gibson now, like just with the way that he – Kind of moves around and whatnot, but it comes to find out identical traits coming out of college as a prospect.
0: Gibson, though, was undrafted in 2012 and signed by the Browns right? and ended up well, with.
1: typically with those kind of traits, you are undrafted. But the 49ers like, ah, gold helmet guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Last one here. Uh, this is one of the earlier comments that I starred. Uh, what do you think about this? So, you know, we've seen five rounds now of the NFL draft. SF Gold Rush says, one of the worst off-seasons I can remember, especially being so close to winning a Super Bowl. This team refuses to do what it needs to get over the hump. What do you think about this? And this is somebody – this was before he saw the fifth-round picks. This was after knowing what the 49ers did in the third round. Lost a lot of free agents. Um, I don't think this is a worse team than they were last year at this time. There are positions, though, that you could look at and say they could be worse here. And quarterback is the big – the big one, right, for the 49ers. Quarterback goes well, Niners going to be good. They're not going to be bad because they spent one of their late third-round picks on a kicker instead of somebody else, most likely. And uh, So even if you don't like the kicker pick, it's not going to be like, oh, you can't win the Super Bowl now because you drafted a kicker in the third round. Were they going to draft a superstar in the third? Maybe. Maybe one of the guys we were talking about that they should have taken instead uh, is going to be a superstar. But you're not expecting to draft starters and difference-making players probably for your team in 2023 in the late third round, which is why the 49ers thought kicker probably gets as close as anything else.
1: I think that was probably the biggest issue with, with this offseason, right? Like, I look at the team, the team is, is going to be good regardless, right? Like, look at their Super Bowl odds. So you can kind of think because maybe they didn't make as many moves as some of these other teams, but their odds say people believe that this is one of the best rosters in the league and they don't even know who the hell is going to be at quarterback week one. And they still feel that way about the 49ers. So as far as the offseason goes, you, you went, I mean, how many holes did they have? Essentially the entire offense is coming back outside of Daniel Brunskill and Mike McGlinchey, right? So right tackle, you go, okay, McKivitz you're in year three or four or whatever. Okay, like let's get something out of you. Uh, matter of fact, I said starter shoot. Brunskill rotated with Spencer Burford. So you literally lost one starter on the offense and then defensively, you lost some guys that contributed, but it's like, well, we drafted Drake Jackson in the second round last year to end up being the guy. And then we got some other players who can kind of fill the role of a, a who, who, and some of these other guys, and you still got Ebu Cam. So, uh, how much did the 49ers truly lose? I think Jimmy Ward and Emmanuel Mosley. But even then, Emmanuel Mosley, you played most of the season without him. Jimmy Ward, you played most of the season without him at his like true position. So, I don't look at the 49ers and think that they're just this worst team you went you got Hargraves I think that was a really big signing but it's huge. what what changes really how people view it is typically you have a first round pick second round pick where you can make this splash play and just plug this guy in as a potential starter and right now you just can't and I think that's the that's the you know like if I told you oh man they drafted Joy Porter Jr in the first round like now this goes from oh man this is one of the worst off seasons to Oh man, you got him opposite Travis Ward. Now you're way more excited about what the 49ers did over the entire offseason. And then they're up against it cap-wise, money-wise. I know they moved some, some stuff around with McCaffrey to free up some money, but I don't know. And if know you're, really. it's a good if, you're
0: if you're excited and all on board of the 49ers trading up and getting a quarterback in 2021 or trading for Christian McCaffrey, you can't be upset that they don't have any picks in the first 3 rounds right now either.
1: I don't and then right. this is not me defend like making excuses for them. I just look at it like If the 49ers had to play a game tomorrow, how confident am I that they'll win? I think I'd be very confident that they'll win.
0: (laughs) Quarterback and offensive line, you know, that's, I could see things going really bad. And, you know, there's, there could be injuries anywhere and you could, you could lose really important players for your team. But if the offensive line can protect the quarterback and they're able to run the football a little bit, uh, you know, like they always have. And, you know, right tackle is not a problem or there's not a bunch of injuries devastating the rest of the offensive line because I'm, you know, is if mckivitz is replacing McGlinchey and clearly the 49ers uh, like Mc, Mc, uh, um, you know, who's replacing mckivitz is my question. You know, so you're, you're teetering on the edge if you lose one guy all of a sudden now, you know, because if you lost last year, if you lost Trent Williams, M- mckivitz was your swing tackle. Well, M- mckivitz starting on the right side. So you're starting from, you know, less depth there on the offensive line. You know, there's going to be some injuries. So who's the swing guy now? Um, dark horse situation for me still, Croc, is what if McKivitz is still the swing guy? They move Burford out to right tackle, and it's Jason Poe at right guard. You know, um, maybe they're still going to draft some more depth here on the interior. And they still will, I'm sure, come with another offensive lineman that can compete for, for depth along the offensive line. But, you know, offensive line's not better than it was last year. Uh, They literally lost one of their starters and and have some of their depth coming up to replace him. And, you know, quarterback health is pretty, pretty going to be there all year. You know, so those are the questions right now. And they weren't going to go out and do anything crazy at quarterback to go over the top of Purdy and Lance anyway. Right. So that was always going to be what it was going to be. So really the offensive line is like, okay, looks like you got a plan. Let's hope you're right, 49ers.
1: Right. And again, with, with the roster and again, how I'm viewing it, I think it's a solid roster. Most teams, you have some type of weaknesses. I'd say a team that feels like they just got better right? Philadelphia, right? I mean, it just feels like. Oh, yeah. Mm, well, it's a big are. difference
0: when you have no first-rounders or second-rounders or your original third-rounder and you have two first-rounders. Right. right. Like, that looks a lot different when you're sitting here right here. Like, the, the 49ers didn't get worse, but they didn't get better like the Seahawks and the Eagles did.
1: It doesn't feel like it.
0: Well, at least in the last few days, they didn't.
1: But you did address, I mean, Hargraves, because I saw someone say Fortnite was too passive uh, this offseason. But like going out and getting Hargraves and paying them 80 something million dollars doesn't feel like a, a
0: passive move. Oh, that's not passive. That is active. That is very active. And yeah, and, and Philly use their draft picks to replace, you know, players that are going to, you know, age out or, or get too expensive for them. And they're keeping a long term outlook there on their defensive line with their front. And they're hoping that Carter can replace Hargrave. And they're hoping that Nolan Smith can replace. You know, Reddick eventually when he goes, and they're not going to be able to pay him because they're paying their quarterback $50 million. And, and that's where it gets difficult for the 49ers when you don't have those high picks. It's hard to draft those high-end talented players to replenish them. So uh really interesting with the 49ers team building here. The fifth round now in the books, and two new San Francisco 49ers, South Alabama cornerback Darrell Luter and Edge Rusher out of Georgia, Robert Beale Jr. and Croc and I back with another one to break down round six and seven. Right here, Lockdown 49ers.